0: Another bleak night in Noir City. The sun sets, and the alleys lengthen with the shadows, like ink spilling across a map. If you don't know Noir City, it's a hard town. Faces are hard, the liquor is hard, and the water is very hard. The only easy thing about Noir City is giving directions. No matter where you're standing or which way you're facing, Noir City is behind you. Right behind you. And getting closer. In a town like that, the worst sound of all is quiet. And tonight, it's quiet. All quiet but the sound of my typewriter. Like the devil cracking his knuckles. It's from the depths of that dark quietude that I write to you. (sighs) That's not a good way to start a letter. Um, To my dear and fondly remembered... Gross. To whom it may concern- Oh god, why is this so hard? Uh... Hey, chief. I wonder if you remember me. The name's Tective. Duck Tective. Sorry, autocorrect. The name's Dick Tective. You've probably worked with a hundred guys with my name since we saw each other. But I'm the one who left for Noir City. I thought of you a lot this week, although I'm not sure you always would have been proud of me. My biggest rival on the force, a walking, talking HR complaint named Detective Richard O'Shea, had turned out to be a mole for Noir City's biggest kingpins, doing their bidding behind the badge for years. In this town, our municipal principles are anything but invincible. But Rick set a new low. He murdered a key suspect in a corruption case, covered up the murder with a bunch of other murders, And covered those up by pointing the evidence towards a fall guy. And what poor pawn did he pick to play pin the pain on the patsy? One of NCPD's own crime techs. The most good-hearted kid in the department. In Rick's twisted world, no one looked guiltier than someone who wanted to do the right thing. Justice eventually caught up with Rick, but poetic justice beat us to the punch. Turned out that the baddies Rick worked for shared his fondness for fall guys. And once he played his part, They arranged for him to get hit with his own bullet. Which left the rest of us in the department with a pyrrhic victory and a lot of mess to clean up. They say the winners write the history books. But the way things go in Noir City, we just say the survivors write the epitaphs. As for me, I drew the short straw and got stuck emptying out Rick's office. Rick had a lot of stuff. Too much stuff to be explained by a detective's paltry salary. Up close, this stuff had police corruption written all over it. Or to be precise, written all over the thank you cards that in many cases were still attached. I could almost hear him laughing while I shoveled through half-emptied bottles of champagne, heaps of pocket watches and cufflinks, and crystal ashtrays in every conceivable color. Maybe it's true you can't take it with you, but it sure looked like he'd enjoyed it while it lasted. My orders were to lug all the loot straight to the dumpster, but I'm not going to lie. Part of me wanted to rebel and swipe something swell to sell on the DL. Rick's case had worn me out, and I needed a vacation. I'd read about a getaway on the edge of town called Stacy's Lakes. Looked like a place I could forget my troubles for a while. But without some supplemental income, I wouldn't be able to afford the ink on the reservation. In the end, I did what I was told and trashed all the treasure. But I let myself keep one thing. On Rick's desk between the Martini Matic machine and the three-pack of self-tying ties, I found a little music box. No note, no hint where it came from or what it meant, just a clue to a mystery that would never be solved. Who had Rick been, or who had he hoped to be, before Noir City got to him? Normally I wouldn't lose sleep over a bad guy's origin story, but this one hit close to home. To take Rick down, I'd had to make a deal with the devil. The devil in question? E.T. Dubs. This town's very own man behind the curtain. Dubs had come to me offering evidence that would prove Rick's guilt and get our innocent tech out of prison, but in exchange, Dubs had wanted a promise that I would look away from another case on my docket. A woman was missing, a nameless, faceless stranger in need, the kind of person I'd joined the force to help all those long years ago, but Dubs wanted her to stay missing, and in the end, I'd signed in blood on the dotted line. All in all, just a regular day in this town, Noir City. If you want to believe in something, you've got to run as fast as you can just to stay where you are. And eventually, falling is going to sound real nice. Now I couldn't help but wonder if this was what it looked like when Rick first stumbled. So after I finished sanding cigarette burns and dried smears of caviar off Rick's desk, I went back to my office to see if I could resurrect the case Dubs thought was dead and buried. With the evidence in front of me, it was clear why the case was so forgettable. The file was thinner than a cockroach and just as likely to slip through the cracks, which left me with nothing but questions. Why did Dubs care about it? How long could I live with myself if I tucked it back out of sight? And how long could I live, period, if I decided to break my word to Dubs? Someone out there knew the answers. I kept thinking back to something I'd overheard from Cece Skarsgård and Solomon Sakai, a couple of my underworld associates. We'd been working together to bring
1: down Rick, And I stepped away to take a call when the two of them conferred.
0: Should
2: we tell him about-
1: No. We shouldn't get mixed up in that. He'll have to figure it out on his own.
0: I could totally hear them. I
1: was just a few feet away and they weren't
0: especially quiet. But I don't know. It had seemed rude to ask about it. So now I was stuck knowing that I was a step behind. More than a step. The woman had been missing for weeks. A cold case is like cold pizza. Some people love it. And then there are people who are sane and rational like me. And if I broke my promise, followed this trail, and risked my neck just to find a dead woman at the end, that was gonna be one cold, soggy anchovy with pineapple. Anyway, I was at my neighborhood watering hole, the rising action, spilling all this angst on my bartender, Bart. Bart normally sees me in high spirits. When I finish a case, I like to celebrate by finishing a case of tequila. Tonight, though, the only party I wanted was a pity party, but Bark wouldn't bite.
3: Hmm, you know, that crime scene tech you were talking about, flanked tightly or whatever he's called? I read a newspaper story today about him. One day he's living his life and doing his job, and the next day, smack, he goes to prison for murder. I thought, how about that? Life can pull you down in a hot second, and then today, what do I read in the paper? They found out a whole bunch of people had got wrongly imprisoned, and they set them all free. How about that? Life can pull you back up in a hot second. I gotta say,
0: Bart, as tributes to the value of the justice system go, that story is pretty depressing.
3: Dick, there's what you need and there's what I got. And you know what I got from those stories? I gotta be ready for anything. I sympathize with you, how you're feeling, but I can't afford to lose my mojo like that. Did you notice... While you were talking, I made drinks for 71 people. In my line of work, you slow down, you fall down. If I don't like it, I gotta change it. Recently, I heard someone talking about something called passive income. And I got to thinking, I need to invent something. So I spent a week, or maybe it was a month or a year or something. But anyway, I stayed up late after work every night, trying out drink formulas until I passed out. But one day I woke up, and I saw a recipe on a notepad. I invented an energy drink. I'm calling it Release the Beast. Now I'm selling it on the side, and I think it's going to turn things around for me. So listen, what I'm trying to say is, if you want to turn things around for yourself, you should try selling my drink, Release the Beast. You could buy a few cases at a bulk rate, and if you bring in other salesmen, there are prizes. No
0: thanks, Bart. Happy for you and all, but your drink sounds like an upper, and everyone knows I've got an exclusivity agreement with Team Downer.
3: Can't blame me for trying. My point is, you want things to change. You gotta hustle for it. So detectives don't get paid much. What if you wrote down your best cases, got some actors to perform-
0: There's no money in that. No, Bart. All a detective can sell is out.
3: Got it. Well, sorry you're doomed. What's up, Chief?
4: Dick, any word on the missing woman case?
0: I'm seriously on the verge of just about ready to get started on it. No new leads?
4: There remains but the one fact. She was reported missing by the hotel where she was staying. She checked in, was never seen again, and didn't pay her bill.
0: Didn't they give us a name?
4: It wasn't that kind of hotel. This was one of those hush-hush places. You know, wink-wink,
0: nudge-nudge. I see. She was a crime tourist. Crime Tourism was the name on the street for what was officially called Project Hush, Wink, Nudge. It was a revenue enhancement program out of City Hall. Anyone who says crime doesn't pay has never attended a meeting of the Noir City Convention and Visitors Bureau. Under the NCCVB, Noir City had gone from having a reputation to having a brand. Thanks to their lobbying, visitors to Noir City had gotten immunity to commit low-level crimes... The kind of crimes a mid-tier office worker is sure to start fantasizing about as red tape slowly strangles their life. The launch of Project Hush, Wink, Nudge brought an instant tidal wave of tourism, and demand for seedy, anonymous hotels exploded overnight. Now, the business community is happy. City Hall rakes it in, and the people of Noir City? They just get mugged for a change. Everyone wins. Once in a while, a tourist gets a little big for their britches and causes some real trouble. But the masterminds in the NCCVB addressed that with some gamification. They added a system of panache points for crimes executed with style. Tourists who racked up the points could go home with prizes, like a commemorative scar, one of those cool ones that goes across your eye. But to earn points, the tourists have to register with us at NCPD. That way, if things go off the rails, we can track them down. Maybe even to a hotel that never asked for their name. Alright, so step one, we send a tech down to dust for fingerprints, and we check the tourist database for a match.
4: That was done the day the crime was reported. They found prints, but no match in the tourist database or anywhere else.
0: Huh. So she wasn't on record. Had we slipped up and never registered her? Had she been snatched up just as she arrived in town? Why would anyone in Noir City want to kidnap her? Questions loomed, and the one bit of truth was a bitter one. If I was going to risk my hide for this woman, it was because deep down, I wanted something from her. I wanted her to be that perfect innocent I'd joined the Force to rescue, and I wanted her to prove that I was still the guy who built his life on that mission all those years ago. Anywhere else that dream might stand a chance, but this was Noir City, and odds were she was just one more opportunist, caught in a trap of her own making.
4: Dick, I didn't catch that. It sounded like you said a ding-ding, dum dum, dee, deedle deedle, dum
0: Sorry, Chief. I was just thinking.
4: Well, think fast. I've got a second case for you, and I'm going to need you to do them both double time. What the heck,
0: Chief? You can't keep working me like this. I've been at it so hard I've been dotting my T's and crossing my I's. Now's
4: not the time to start slacking off. Maybe you've heard. There's been a mass release from the prison— They're saying these folks weren't in the prison's records, so releasing them was a no-brainer. But just in case, we need to get ready for a bumpy few days. Plus, departmental policy says it's best for a detective to be on multiple cases at the same time, since things always turn out to be connected.
0: Alright, fine. Lay it on me.
4: A painting has been stolen from the Goo-Gaw Gallery down on Drivel Drive. See if you can't tie a bow on this one before we're all up to our eyes in new cases.
0: Alright, I'm right around the corner. I'll walk over there. So I left the bar with my hands full, and not just with too many cases to solve. I also left carrying one of Bart's energy drinks, which I bought just to get him to leave me alone. It came in a featureless can with Release the Beast written across it in marker, I opened it, and it smelled like cold pizza. It felt good to be back on the street, but the chief was right. After this prison release, the public was about to hit anyone wearing a badge with a heap of questions. Had we been locking up innocent people? Had we let a bunch of crime tourists go unregistered? Had we been tricked into releasing hardened criminals? Or were we using the prison as a daycare
1: again? Once more, I heard those voices.
2: Should we tell him about...
1: No, we shouldn't get mixed up in that. He'll have to figure it out on his own.
0: One thing was for sure. This mass breakout was going to cause a mass freakout. It was just a question of when. I went online to get the public's temperature. Noir. City. Pris. Yep, first result.
5: Hi, I'm Stacy, and welcome to Stacy's Takes, where we review the latest controversial Noir City news. What should we think about today's massive prison release? Well, on the one hand, the Noir City penal system is brutal and does nothing to reform wrongdoers. So freeing people from that horror show is the right thing to do. On the other hand, the Noir City penal system is brutal and does nothing to reform wrongdoers. So the idea of just releasing prison-hardened criminals onto the streets leaves me frankly terrified. Honestly, I don't know what to think. It's like I've got two minds! By the way, don't think that I'm whining, but there's no whining and dining behind all this opining. So if you're interested in sponsoring Stacy's takes, we sure won't be declining.
0: Suddenly, I sensed movement ahead of me, at the other end of the little dark alley I'd found my way into. Crud. Hello
2: there, little kitty. Are you lost?
0: Dee Dee Dardar? You're out of prison?
2: As you can see. Or you could if you hadn't been staring at your phone. Hasn't anyone ever taught you no screen time after sunset? Your eyes won't be adjusted to the dark. You might fall on something sharp.
0: Dee Dee and I had history. Complicated history. She was an artist. Oils, ceramics, and cons but she tided her career over with a day job of extortion and murder. I'd caught her in the act and put her behind bars, but it looked like her sentence had lasted about as long as our sort of kind of relationship, which went south when she poisoned me midway through our first date. And Didi was the furthest thing from a crime tourist. As she was out on the street, something serious was going on. Funny I should run into you so close to the Gugol Gallery. Me and uh, the rest of the department's intramural jujitsu team are investigating an art theft. Am I about to find your fingerprints all over this case?
2: Oh no. Prison has reformed me completely. I'm a whole new woman. Sometimes.
0: Then it hit me. Dee Dee was one of the identical daughters of BT Dubs. Had he pulled the strings that had opened all those cell doors? And if so, was it all for the purpose of sicking Dee Dee on my trail? Did he somehow know that I was thinking about breaking our deal? So. All that talk about the released people being wrongly imprisoned was just a cover story. What did your pa want in exchange for springing you loose?
2: Dear old daddy-dubs, is he the reason I'm with you in the intimate privacy of this alley? Remind me to send him a fruit basket. No, if he wants your skin, he'll have to settle for my sloppy seconds. Come to think of it, I can't be the first to stumble into you. You had quite the fan club back at Noir County Prison. The others will be waiting in the shadows, working up the courage to ask for your autograph.
0: Happy to give it to them, on their arrest papers. I may not be the dog catcher, but I'm not above sending a few strays back to the pound.
2: Oh, Dick, what part of mass release don't you understand? They knocked the lock off the gates of heck today. It's going to be an onslaught. Are you nervous?
0: My eyes were starting to adjust. She was sauntering my way, one hand behind her back. And then she froze. Her eyes went wide, and she made a sound like a death rattle. She was so close I could feel her breath on my skin as she whispered,
2: Do I smell... cold pizza?
0: No doubt about it. Her eyes went down to the can in my hand. This? Uh, yeah, I guess. Do you want it?
2: Yes, I do. But I have a very... serious... allergy.
0: And she was gone. So that didn't go great. I would stumbled right into a trap, gotten saved by dumb luck, and in the meantime, I'd barely gotten a clue out of her about the jailbreak and the stolen painting. I just took her word for it and let her walk away. Who does that? Next time I see her, it'll be on a poster that says, Most Wanted. That makes two of us, poster. That makes two of us. I took the constructive criticism and covered the last of the distance to the Gugaw Gallery on high alert, keeping to the deepest shadows. But of course I'd just said where I was going for anyone to hear, and I could feel eyes on me as I walked up to the brightly lit front doors. Inside, a short hallway gave way to the main room, a cavern of space with too much light and too many columns, and somewhere in the vastness, a missing painting. Time was ticking, but the talked-of tech was already there, tucking into the evidence. In our line of work, it wasn't often you found someone you could count on, and what with the high risks and the short lives, I make it a point not to get attached. But I was starting to feel like this guy was someone I could- Whoa! Oh, Dick. Oh! You scared me. Sorry, uh... It's fine. I'll just... (laughs) I gave him his space, and while he caught his breath, I did the friendly thing and pulled up a news story about his arrest on my phone, just to make sure I got his name right. Good to see you again, Frank, quietly. Closer than ever, detective. Sorry, they spelled it wrong on your mugshot. Don't I know it. Since you got
6: me out of prison, I've been asked to autograph that thing more times than I can count. Never realized how much glamour I was missing out by solving crimes instead of committing them. Hey, speaking of autocorrect, is your nameplate supposed to say Duck-tective?
0: Wait, seriously? I just got- Have people been seeing this all week and no one's told me? Should we tell him about-
1: No. We shouldn't get mixed up in that. He'll have to figure it out on his own.
0: Never mind. We should keep this quick, Frank. Word on the street is that some criminals might be lurking around here with an eye on yours truly. What have you found?
6: Evidence? The theft was of a single painting here in the main gallery. Nothing else missing, no forced entry, the alarms never even went off. I'm guessing our thief got in the way everyone gets in. Bought a ticket, supported the arts, and cased the joint during business hours. Then they hid, shut off the power at the breaker box, and waltzed home with their painting of choice. Whoever it was, they seemed to have wanted to do a minimum of damage to the building.
0: Attention to style. Prime tourist maximizing points?
6: I don't think so. See all those ceramic pots over there? A crime tourist would usually break those in the hopes that there were small sums of money or restorative consumables inside. This scene is almost respectful. And there's one thing I'm especially impressed with. Can you guess what it is?
0: Uh. Something
6: I don't think I've seen on any crime scene we've worked on. Uh. Okay, I'll tell you. There's no body. Whoever did this pulled it off without killing anyone. I'm kind of proud of them.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, I felt like something was missing. Wow. Just theft.
6: Picture Dr. Morgan Jordan at the morgue right now. He's probably tapping his foot or maybe someone else's foot just waiting for a body to autopsy. Soon he'll be going around the department asking for volunteers.
0: It is quite the novelty, but if you recall, there's a good chance we're surrounded outside this building by vengeful escaped prisoners. So let's just make sure it isn't us that Dr. Morgan Jordan ends up autopsying.
6: Sure thing. Sorry. One last bit of evidence. The thief left what appears to be a signature. See that twisty shape in the dust on the wall where the painting used to hang?
0: Oh, looks kind of like a yin-yang.
6: Whatever it is, it doesn't help us much. The symbol doesn't appear anywhere in our signature database.
0: A signature with no record. A missing woman with no record. A bunch of released prisoners with no record. Exciting new faces on the Noir City criminal scene. Okay, for real, Frank, you're freaking me out. What's with all the enthusiasm? I would have expected you to come out of prison, I don't know, shell-shocked, but... Wait, do you think this was someone you met at NCP? One of the people who got released? No, this wasn't someone who got released today. This took time.
6: I just... Being in prison and hearing about people's past work gave me a new appreciation for the craft, and I just think this is a standout crime. But I hear you. We do not want to be in public longer than we can help. Come on, let's go. I've got everything I need.
0: I turned to go, leaving the massive gallery for the narrow hallway that led to the exit. Frank picked up his things and ran to catch up. And then, right behind me, I heard his footsteps stop. What is it? Did you hear something? I turned to look. It was only an instant before something inside Frank broke and he ran past me out of the building. But in that instant, I saw him frozen, his eyes stuck to the open can of Release the Beast in my hand. I knew I needed to follow him, but in the time it took that thought to get from my head to my feet, the bomb went off. I don't know why I survived the collapse of the museum. Maybe it was luck, or maybe Noir City just wasn't done with me yet. Either way, I found myself lying on my back in a hallway with no building attached to it. Just a pile of rubble at one end and a pair of doors at the other, blown wide by the same wave of shock that had knocked me down. I picked myself up and got out of there. Out on the street, I could see that the bomb had knocked out half of the main gallery. I could only hope Frank was in better shape than the crime scene was. I needed to figure out where he'd gone, and fast. If someone wanted me dead, it wouldn't be long before they realized I'd dodged a bullet. Then, from the ruins, I heard a clang. The twisted remains of ventilation duct were poking from the wreckage like a severed blood vessel. It gave a lurch, and out crawled Solomon Sockeye. Solomon was one of my numerous nemeses. Wriggling free was his specialty, and he dodged the department more times than I care to admit but as thieves and scoundrels went, the man lived by a code, and once in a while he decided to point me in the right direction. And sure, our congeniality was all about criminality, which just proved the reality of the malady of venality we have in this municipality. But in a place where all relationships are transactional, a little warmth goes a long way. Sockeye, what brings you here? Stolen any paintings lately?
1: Is this what passes for detective work in your department? Remind me to introduce you to my friends, causation and correlation. They're twins, We can tell them apart if you try. No, I'm here for something much more interesting. Something not meant for the likes of you. Unless...
0: Suddenly, Solomon gave me a look I'd never seen before. Like I was a $20 bill he'd found on the ground.
1: Is it you I'm supposed to be meeting? Are you looking to change sides?
0: I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just leaving. I've got to go check on Frank.
1: Frank quietly? He's the one who asked me here. Quite the surprise that he knew the magic words, but I'm told prison can be awfully enlightening.
0: Frank asked you here?
1: To do what? What part of not for the likes of you didn't you... You know what? What the heck? I'm going to need you anyway. Someone's got to describe the crime scene now that it's destroyed.
0: Describe the crime scene?
1: I'm here in my capacity as a board member with the Better Burglary Bureau. Get your jaw off the floor, detective. You law enforcement types didn't invent bureaucracy. I've even got a badge.
0: Sure, okay. So how do you make burglars better?
1: We offer trainings, certifications, etc. There's a lot of sub rosa of quid pro quo in this town, and everyone knows caveat emptor. So if you're a persona non grata and then ipso facto, you need a way to show your bona fides.
0: I understood maybe two letters of that.
1: Mea culpa. Look... Trust is at least as important in the underworld as it is up here. So we offer credentials you can use to let your fellow felon know you mean business. We've got everything from Doctor of Danger and Master of Menace all the way down to Bachelor of Bigness and Badness. You earn those titles by taking an exam. And if someone says the magic words, I show up to play proctor. And so you're here to examine... A work sample. One crime. Rated on a point system disclosed neither to the test taker nor to overly curious bystanders. And before you ask, no, in fact, the Crime Tourism people got the idea from us.
0: So, you rate this art theft for who? Who did it?
1: Your guess is as good as mine. But there's a type. The typical test taker is someone who's already got a skill, but needs help proving it. Because.
0: Because they're new in town. Whoever did this is new to Noir City. That's why the signature didn't turn up any matches.
1: A signature, huh? The examination begins. Now we just wait for our <coughs>
6: Hi there. Did that get in your eyes? Sorry, mate, what am I like? I'm thinking if you appear in a burst of smoke, best do it up close so they get a good view. I'll know better next time. Who are you? The name's Sutton. All of us Sutton. I'm a dashing gentleman thief, and I'm here to make a name for myself in this
0: town. The smoke finally cleared enough for me to get a good look. In front of us was a man I'd never seen before, with a glint in his eye and a mustache and goatee on his face. He looked guilty and proud of it. So did you steal the painting, or blow up the building? Or both?
6: Blow up? Never! I went to great lengths not to blow it up, all part of the plan. As for the painting, your question brings up an interesting philosophical framework. If someone takes a painting out of a museum that's about to explode, is he a thief or is he more like Oklahoma Jones or whatever? But yeah, I took it, here you go.
0: Whoa, how'd you do that?
6: Easy, it's flat, you just turn it sideways. You're clearly not the larceny expert in the room. So by process of elimination, that means you are Solomon Sockeye.
1: The same. I'm sorry. I'm trying to place your accent. Where in the Commonwealth are you from?
6: The whole thing. All right. So if you're Sockeye, the other one...
0: Hey, it's you. I've heard of you. Detective. No, that's not my name. They just printed my nameplate wrong.
6: I mean, Duck.
0: He didn't have to tell me thrice. I got to the ground where it turned out Solomon already was, just in time to feel a large chunk of rubble whiz over my head. I rolled over and caught a glimpse of a snarling lurker in the ruins. I didn't know him, but it was clear he knew me. Detective? More like dictator. Die! The guy threw another rock. It wasn't hard to dodge, but he had a lot more where that one came from. And if it came to a fight, I couldn't say whether it was him or me who'd be facing three-on-one odds. But Oliver spoke up.
6: Oi, I know you. You're Bommy Tommy. What's the matter with you? Fresh out of prison, new lease on life, a chance to see your spouse and kids, and you're faffing about throwing things at people? Get your priorities straight, bub.
7: Oliver? Sure, you're right. It's true what they say. Revenge is a dish best served for dessert. But rest assured, detective, you haven't seen the last of Bommy Tommy. And when you see me again, you'll never see me cut- Hey, is that?
0: (sighs) Ah, Gimme! The rapscallion sprinted my way, and this time I didn't have to look to know where his eyes were. By now the can was crushed and nearly empty, but still there. It takes a lot more than a few falls and crumbling building to pry open a detective's gun hand, but a wide-eyed salivating convict running straight at me felt like a pretty good justification. I wound up and chucked the can deep in the ruins. And the guy did a 180 and bounded after it like a strung-out golden retriever. All good, mate? Did you
6: hit your head? Shikes! Can you remember what Montford is? is?
0: I'm fine. So, Bami Tommy, should I assume- I think
6: that's a safe assumption.
0: Got it. Sounds like you've made the rounds at our prison. Is that where you met Frank?
6: Oh, Frank. Yeah, you could say we met in the clink. Guess you could say we're pen pals, eh? He's all right, I guess, but a bit of a wet blanket, know what I mean? Bit of a granny nanny. Bit of a tuck you in sideways.
0: I don't know what that means, but it's a mighty uncharitable way to describe someone who's lying to cover for you. He told me bold-faced that there was no way this crime was committed by someone who got released today.
6: Oh no, he's right. I walked out a few days ago, got what I needed and said my fare thee
0: Got what you needed?
6: Yeah, I'm just there to network. If you're new in town, there's no better place to be than prison. Meet like-minded folk, land a first few gigs, all with free room and board.
0: All right, got it. You want to be the hot new hoodlum in Noir City. Take a number. But why Frank? What have you got on him that he's helping you this way?
6: I'll tell you all about it, detective. But first, it sounds like I need you to be a witness in my little examination here. Let's get down to business. This painting is going to look good on my wall, right next to my honorary Bachelor of Bigness and Badness. So, uh, what do I do? Where do I stand?
1: You stand on the work you've done. You'll be judged on the crime you've committed, the one that's under all this rubble. Incidentally, Mr. Sutton, you didn't think about standing guard to make sure your work survived till the test began?
6: Stand guard? I guess not. I thought I could count on the big, strong edifice of marble to stand up for itself. More fool me. Never a dull moment in Noir City. All right, on to the crime. What do you think? Not
1: so fast. Test-taking protocol. Appearing in a burst of smoke has been against the rules for decades, so we have got strict regulations on theme music. So you're a violation of those standards. Should I mark it down as ignorance or defiance?
6: Oh, I like the sound of defiance. But say, I talked this over with some of the boys in prison and nobody mentioned... Now,
1: the crime itself. How did you plan it?
6: Oh, you know, went in the way everyone does, bought a ticket, supported the arts, cased the joint during the day, then I hid and- And you
1: made all those decisions yourself?
6: Of course. Who else? So
1: this list I stumbled across in the wreckage detailing the crime step by step, you wrote it?
6: Well, sure. It's my to-do list. Can't be doing steps
0: out of order, right?
1: And those steps. Detective, you saw the scene. Did there happen to be any kind of- Signature?
0: There was. A kind of twisty thing. Like a yin-yang.
1: A yin-yang. Now there's tasteless, and then there's tasteless.
6: Now hold on. It ain't some culturally appropriate piece of jewelry. It's my initials. My name's Oliver Sutton, so my signature is an O on top of an S. Am I, as the creator of the symbol, responsible for anticipating every hostile interpretation or. And finally,
1: Mr. Sutton, the most important item on the rubric. Of all the objects in the world, all the bounty the lords of low light have created for us to steal, why this painting?
6: Easy. It's badass, isn't it? (laughs) Pardon my French. There's a lot of right tripe in this museum. Was a lot of right tripe, rest in peace. Whereas this, it's got grit, it's got a point of view. Like, if you ask this painter, how you doing, he or she would not say, oh, I'm fine, ain't the sun nice reflecting off all the water. They'd say something real, like, oh, man, I'm hungover, or my dog is missing. So you
1: stole it because you like it, and you like it because it's real? Well, yeah. Interesting. I'm just giving it a cursory inspection. Aha. I don't suppose you noticed this?
6: Notice what?
1: This... Tape recorder attached to the back of the frame.
6: Tape recorder?
5: Hi, it's me, Stacy, from Stacy's Fakes. Were you fooled into thinking this was a -a one-of-a-kind, priceless artwork by a genius who died hungry? Did you steal it thinking it was evidence of your discerning eye? Do you wish you could afford for people to think nice things?
1: A forgery. Given this discovery, I've got to be honest with you, Sutton, it's a lost cause.
5: So you buy into
6: that stuff, eh? You buy into the record of artificial scarcity created by the art industry? Ain't you ever heard of the death of the author? If this is the bankrupt worldview of the high and mighty criminal status quo, I don't even want your photocopied credential. And thanks for nothing, detective. Rest assured, without either of your help, this town is going to know my name. It's Oliver Sutton. And I hope this gets in your eyes.
1: (coughs) 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 Son
0: Need some eye drops?
1: No thanks. Uh, I always bring them on these things. Th- this happens a lot.
0: I'll see you around, Sockeye. I need to make sure this loose cannon doesn't hurt Frank. Oliver had a head start, but the collapse of the museum had spread a layer of dust over everything, and I could see a trail where he dragged the frame of the painting. It led me to the mouth of an alley. As I came close, I heard... the sound. I looked around the corner. The trail in the dust led right up to a dumpster, and I could see the edge of the painting sticking over the top. At the far end of the alley was Frank, standing by a parked car, reading a note. I wanted to speak to him, find out what it all meant. But as always, that night, I was a step too late. By the time I'd come out of hiding, Frank was in the car, driving away. So Oliver and Frank were connected, maybe even more closely than I- I beg your pardon. Holy, whoa, uh, where did you come from?
7: Just for an evening stroll, did you happen to drop this letter? Letter? It was lying on the ground behind you. Perhaps someone slipped it in your pocket? Someone wants to put a smile on your face?
0: For all I know, someone wants to put anthrax on my face. Just stay over there.
7: Very well. Would you like me to read it to you?
0: Uh, sure, yeah. I guess that couldn't hurt.
7: All right. Ahem. Dear Miss Detective. I'm writing you to ask for your help. I have nothing to offer you in exchange. I've learned this is the kind of city where nothing is given for free, but my hands are truly empty. I am a prisoner, but I don't know who my captors are. I don't know where I am. I barely know who I am. I only know what I overhear, and one thing I overhear is your name. I've heard it said that if Richard Tective could quit being such a sad sack and get his act together, he and he alone could save Noir City from the man called Belligerence T. Dubs. Perhaps then, I do have something to offer you. I can warn you that you're in danger, at least as much as I am. And I can encourage you to quit being such a sad sack, get your act together, and find the danger before it finds you. I've persuaded one of the guards to bring you this letter. And I'm forced to believe that if anyone can solve this mystery, it's you. Tentatively yours, soliloquy
0: long. Wow. So the missing woman, this has to be her. She's a real-life damsel in distress. There is such a thing as an innocent in Noir City. You just have to have amnesia. This is amazing. My only disappointment is that your voice didn't fade out partway through and get replaced by hers, so I could hear what she sounds like. Hey, sorry I was so paranoid.
7: Not to worry. We're all just kind of doing the best we can. Best of luck with your damsel.
0: Thanks. She's going to be just fine. I did rescues like this all the time in the old days. What a nice person. With a terrible English accent. As the stranger slunk out, the facts sunk in. I'd heard from the missing woman herself, but even with that miracle, there still wasn't a clue about where she was. I'd do my due diligence, but I could already guess her name would turn up a blank. And as desperate as her situation sounded, so was Frank's and in his case, the way forward was lit up like one of Dub's casinos. Something had happened in the prison, and judging by all the reactions to the canned beverage, that was where the beast had been released. On the way, I made a stop for a newspaper. I was top of my media literacy class in police academy, so I knew better than to trust the local rags outright. Exposition News, the Triple Tribune, the Noir City Narker, if you climbed far enough into the dizzying heights of their corporate structures, they were all owned by Doves. But I'd been beaten to crime scenes by enough journalists to know there were some sharp eggs out there. They knew how to dig up gold, and they knew just as well that Doves would bury it again if they published it in plain view. So they got past him by burying it first, deep in forgotten recesses of the print edition. Sure enough, the front page article about the mass release was hogwash. I stopped reading after I quoted one of the released prisoners as saying, I don't know why I'm here. I've literally never done anything to anyone. From there, I jumped from page to page, scanning the Metro section, the funny papers, the missed connections, until my eyes caught on a familiar name. On page M54, an obituary, where the list of survivors included a distant cousin of a distant cousin, best known as the last remaining inmate at Noir County Prison. I made a last couple stops and headed for NCP. With most of my mortal enemies out on the street, walking into prison felt strangely safe. But of course, one mortal enemy is plenty, especially when that enemy is. Saul Slaughter. How's
8: solitary confinement? Detective. And here I thought someone was practicing their duck calls. Let's get it nice and quiet again. i got a whole prison's worth of throwing shivs all to myself.
0: Speaking of having things to yourself, you must be eating well, right? All the food you could possibly want.
8: Save your ignorant opinions. Some of us understand the value of quality over quantity.
0: Oh, I'm counting on it. See, when I read that you were the one person left here, I had to ask myself why. It can't have been a question of smarts. This place was loaded with minions and meatheads and goons who couldn't jaywalk without illustrated instructions. But I've got a guess about why you're different. I think it has something to do with this. I took a step closer and lifted up my gun arm. My hand was empty, but the can of Release the Beast had made a lot of mess in its short life and the sleeve of my trench coat was soaked with the smell of cold pizza. Oh god, get it away! Get it away! I thought so. Gross as it may be, I keep running into inmates who think this stuff is ambrosia laced with crack. Why not you? So I did some web sleuthing. Slaughter's Butcher Shop, your old catering business. It had quite a few five-star reviews from a certain Shuggy Boogies 111. And that person was mighty opinionated. I perused their other reviews. A bakery. The baked Alaska was much smaller than the 663,268 square miles the name suggests. One star. A Mediterranean grocery store. Turkish delight tastes nothing like I imagined from the Lion, the
8: Witch, and the Wardrobe. One star. Detective needlessly prolongs his exposition, just so he can listen to himself honk. One star. Case in point.
0: You're a hard man to please, Shuggy Boogies 111. So imagine my surprise when I saw that there was an exception. Stacy's Cakes. I just had to stop by and see the place for myself. And per your recommendation, I left with an apple pie. Oh no. With a croissant crust. Half Granny Smith. Half Cosmic Crisp. With caramel marbling. And a creme brulee smiley face on top.
8: (laughs) It was that bartender Bart. They said he was here to taste test some new cocktail recipes on us, and the other inmates lined right up. But you didn't. Nor would anyone else who was still human. But prison turns people into animals. I watched as people I thought I knew drank whatever he put in front of them, recipes not worthy of even a prison menu, the cake tartare, cinnamon vodka, buttercream frosting and raw beef, the Greek island, ouzo with a floater of yogurt, the polar bear swimming in lava, a glass of ketchup with an ice cube in it, but the last recipe. Please just give me
0: a pie. Not yet. The last drink. What was the point of trying it out on all of you?
8: Is it addictive? Was someone trying to turn the prisoners into a pizza-soda-addicted army? Addictive? I saw people drink it until they couldn't drink a drop more, and then they started pouring it into their eyes. But it does more than that. Once you drink enough, it changes you. How? Completely. You can watch a person as their face, their fingerprints, their very social security number changes right before your eyes. They become unrecognizable, the opposite of who they were. And they develop terrible English... Accents. My. God. You think you're surprised? Imagine the warden when he came in for his semi-annual headcount. He barely recognized a single face. These weren't the people that he was supposed to have locked up. So he let them loose. Everyone but me.
0: Saul, I know we're enemies, but dude, you could have gotten out of prison just by drinking
8: something you don't like. This is the hill I would die on. I've let go of a lot of things, but there are lines my dignity won't let me cross. Now give me that pie and walk away. You're not worthy to witness the reunion.
0: All right. Good luck, Saul. I promise I'll send you some company real soon. I wish I could tell you I spent the walk out of the prison putting together the facts. How Oliver knew Frank because Oliver was Frank. And how Frank's release had put Oliver on the street days ago in time to plan his art heist in detail. But the truth is... That came later. Instead, as I walked by all those empty cells, I thought about the people who had been in them hours before. How they must have walked out of this place and just looked at the sky and breathed. Only to feel a craving set in, follow an impulse, and find themselves at the same bar as every other released beast, standing in the same line, waiting for a drink of their new prison. I wondered what those people might do, what they might break, just to convince themselves they were free. I could almost hear the cracks as something out there gave way, a sound like a face slamming into creme brulee. And I wondered who could possibly believe this was the way things ought to be. I know what you're thinking, Chief. Too many questions, too little attention to the answers right in front of me. What was it you used to say? If it was a snake, it would have bit you? You were right. It was a snake, and I totally missed the rattle. It was all over in a second. A shove from one side, the slam of a cell door, and someone across my back pinning me against the bars. Out in the corridor, a big goon was smiling like he'd just invented pushing, and beside him came the slow, inexorable shuffle of BT dubs. In the instant before he pressed a monogrammed handkerchief over my face, I got the closest look I've ever had at the kind of hands that leave no fingerprints.
9: that was noir city blues episode six me and my shadows it was written by me andrew Ferrier, with some really valuable help from jeff quash you heard the voices of jack townsend erica Adair, matthew morris high priest roby james lanius helen schmel helen jacks jeff quash killian gilbo and andrew Ferrier. we're gonna be back really soon sooner than usual with part two of this one so keep an eye out And of course, if you want to know when that happens, subscribe on YouTube or your podcast platform of choice, or follow us on, honestly, Instagram. And this show is free, but if you feel like it added some value to your day, you can translate that into the amount you choose in the currency you choose at Ko-Fi. That's ko-fi.com slash the snake's paw. Thanks, y'all. Talk to you soon.
4: They found prints, but no match in the tourist database or anywhere else.
2: What is this accent?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't
0: know. I'm just doing white man. (laughs) And sure, our congeniality was all about criminality, which proved the reality of the malady of venality we have in this municipality.
9: Half sec, can you give us that stupid sentence one more time and like (laughs) pull it out to like a full venality?
0: Okay. Um, I cannot believe I made it through the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. It's a
4: good sentence.
0: <clears throat> and sure, our con. <laughs>
7: Four hours
0: later. <laughs>